Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Elliot Wagenheim. Thank you, Elliot, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Let me tell you a bit about Elliot. Elliot is the founder of Wagenheim Law, a business and construction firm based in Hunt Valley, Maryland, where he has been practicing for over 27 years. Elliot has been selected as a Maryland super lawyer, as well as having been named one of Smart CEO's magazine's legal elite as a go-to business lawyer. He's a public speaker, a contributor to the Huffington Post, and is also the author of Fire Aim Ready book series designed to teach business people and entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk a bit more about that book series, and in particular, Elliot's latest one fire aim ready management but before we do that Elliot just to lay the foundation for us and so just we'd like to learn a bit more about you uh, tell us a bit about yourself Elliot about you growing up your background where you're from well I am from uh, Baltimore Maryland and um, you know judging of course by your accent and everything I know about you you grew up right down the street from me <laughs> and uh, so Baltimore Maryland is on the east coast U.S. I went to a, a university a little farther south in North Carolina called Duke University and uh, went to law school soon after that. So I've been practicing law for um, actually it's now about 28 years, which makes me sound really old. Um, but really, I, I don't define myself as a lawyer so much. I define myself as somebody who's a, an entrepreneur and a business person who just happens to have a law degree uh, because my emphasis is so much on business and law. And just to give you a little background on, on how I approach things, when I graduated from law school, my sister gave me a coffee mug. And on the mug, it was written, I'm a business lawyer. I keep exciting things from happening. <laughs> and I've kept that on my desk for almost 30 years now to remind me of exactly what I'm not supposed to do. You know, I think by by training and inclination and I don't know, maybe it's just habit. Uh, lawyers tend to come up with 30 different reasons why you shouldn't do this in business and you shouldn't go forward and you shouldn't try this and you shouldn't go um, and embark on this new journey. And that's great. You can protect somebody from risk, I guess, if you keep them locked in a closet and they never do anything. But that's not what people are built for. And so um, what I do and my approach has always been to figure out, yes, how to manage risk and how to look at it, but how do we get things done? How do we actually go forward um, with people's visions? And I can root that in the law, but, but base everything on entrepreneurship. Yeah, excellent. And tell us a little bit, why did you decide to go into law? Is that something in the family, maybe, or some other reason? Well, <laughs> um, I'll give you the, the short answer, but the answer is a little more complicated. The, um, the funny thing is that my dad was a lawyer, not, not a business lawyer. He was, um, 
the legal equivalent of a country doctor. So he did everything from wills and um, traffic and adoptions and guardianship cases and some divorce, et cetera. But um, I decided to go to law school for two reasons. The first is it's where my interests and abilities both lie. I have a very, very narrow window of abilities and talents, but they happen to coincide with law, my curiosity, and, and I love communicating, writing, speaking, uh, even arguing. And so um, it came together in law. And actually, when I was in first year of law school uh, at University of Maryland, my mother was in second year of law school at University of Maryland, and my sister was in third year of law school at University of Maryland. Wow. Um, so it, it does run in the family, but I'm the only one that actually practices law for a living. And um, But the other answer is that I, where I grew up, the shame of it is there I didn't know. So all of the different business opportunities, all of the different niches and jobs and professions and, and occupations that are out there. I knew lawyer and I knew doctor and I knew engineer and I'm really not good at math. And I knew accountant and again, not good at math. So, you know, it's not like today where you can carve out a niche in these incredible different um, occupations and spheres and you have the internet at your disposal and I just I really had a narrow focus it worked out for me but I didn't know about all the opportunities that were out there and that can be a great thing definitely a benefit to, to specialize I think back of some of the great people like ancient Greek times for example these philosophers that knew everything about anything when, when it came to physics or mathematics or chemistry and philosophy they just knew so much, but it's very different today. Extremely, it's like the other end, where we we tend to to be successful. You really do need to specialize. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And while not universal, if you take a look at a lot of the people that are in the public eye right now, um, very rarely do you see somebody who, in their 30s or 40s, just okay. Well, we decided that I'm going to take a break from architecture and I'm going to try acting now. A lot of times these people had been working on honing their craft from a very early age. Now in business, you can start a new enterprise in, in your 70s and it can be in, incredibly successful. But to really rise to prominence, a lot of these people um, are focused from, from the earliest age on. It's, it's really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then tell us, Elliot, tell us a bit about the Fire Aim Ready book series in general. I, I want to talk about your latest one, which is management, but why did you start writing them and what is it all about? Well, as I said, I, I work with small to mid-sized companies and I've had a chance over the past almost 30 years to have a front row seat and see great business people, great entrepreneurs, incredible growth. And I've also seen crashes and burns, why things don't work. Um, and it's gotten to the point where I can almost tell when somebody walks into my conference room, is this going to be a successful venture? Is this not going to be a successful venture? And I, I wanted to put together something that would teach people what I wish they knew before they walked into my office. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that always was apparent to me is, and it's actually um, point number two or habit number two, 
in um, Covey's The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is start with the end in mind. And that's what firing ready is about. So to give you a, an example that will kind of put it in perspective. If somebody comes into my office and they say that they want to enter into a contract with this company, um, and the company is going to do whatever they're going to do for them for, for five years. Let's say, that, I don't know, the company is going to provide telephone and internet service for them. Well, the question that I always ask them is, okay, let's assume you sign this contract. Tell me why in six months you would call my office asking my help to get you out of this contract. What would it be that would um, make this a deal breaker for you? And as we start to talk about it, not just list bullet points the, the way they do in, in Might and Covey, you know, start with the end in mind, but actually tell a story. Well, um, if they didn't add my phone lines fast enough, if there was downtime, if people couldn't reach me on the internet, if, I, if, I, if they didn't have good response time when I had a problem, um, whatever it happens to be, you know, whatever would cause you to just put your fist through a wall because these people weren't performing, let's talk about that and tell a story of what that looks like. And then we build that into a contract as a right of termination. Well, you're not locked into them for five years. If these things happen, if one of these things happen, then you can get out. And mm -hmm. so that's question one. And question two is, let's go the other way. What would cause you in six months or a year or two years to say to yourself, signing up with these guys was the best professional decision I've ever made. So what does success look like? Because if you don't communicate your expectations and your, your hopes, then the other person is shooting in the dark if they're trying to fulfill them. That's what I mean by fire aim ready. You fire first. You, you imagine the end first and tell the story, whether the end is, God, I, I just need to get out, or the end is, this is terrific. Let's imagine it and, and put it into our communications, put it into our contracts, make sure that we're all literally and figuratively on the same page. And I go through that in management, talking about employees, crafting a company culture, um, determining what client and customer experience is going to be like. How do you tell those stories in order to focus your organization? And so the series management is it wasn't the first one I wrote, as you know, but it, it was the first it's the first one launched on Amazon and it'll be followed by a firing ready contracts, firing ready partnership and firing ready people. Uh, but firing ready management starts with creating your company to fulfill your vision by starting with the vision, working your way back. And the title, I'll just read out the full title of that it's firing ready management, the start at the end approach to crushing competition, crafting culture, and cementing relationships. In the description, they talked about how this particular book, Fire and Ready Management, shows you how to employ the strategy throughout every facet of your organization, from recruiting and onboarding. Actually, if you can start us there. So can you give us some insights to recruiting? What particularly interested me, what you were talking about before, Elliot, was that when someone sits down with you to discuss their business venture, you can tell from having that discussion with them whether they're going to be successful or not. And so, um, so what is, what is it you found? So let's let's start off with recruiting and onboarding. The difference between 
someone that's going to have success or isn't going to have success? What What's the right and wrong strategies? Well, I, I think that, you know, and, and it all starts with, with getting the right people, um, making sure you have people on board who are engaged, not just that have a body temperature and are carbon-based life forms, but that are engaged and believe what you believe and understand how, how you're going to move forward. And so here's a, a small example. I always tell my clients to, to fire people before they hire them. And, and here's what I mean by that. When you're hiring somebody, I don't know if you've done it, but when you hire somebody as a business owner, I can tell you it's fun because it's a happy conversation. You've got somebody on the other side of the table who wants a job. You're giving them a job. You're looking forward to a honeymoon period. You're envisioning great things. Everything's going to be terrific. And so it's a happy conversation. You're, you're getting a need that you have filled. It's really easy to do. People could go out on the street, hire all day. It would make, it would make them feel great. Firing somebody is hard. If you've ever had to fire somebody, let's say that if I knew today I had to fire somebody. Well, last night, my stomach would have been in knots. I would have been churning because I know that it's going to be an unpleasant conversation. The person's going to be in my office and they might be blindsided by it. They might say, well, why? I, I thought everything was going well. Why, why are you firing? And so I have to tell them, I, I have to have my ducks in a row. I better be able to answer that question. So I have to say, well, because you lost the McCormick contract and your customer satisfaction rating was less than 90% and you're over budget on your projects and you're behind schedule on your projects, whatever it is, I have to be able to, to cite examples. I have to be able to explain. But what if you fired them first? What if before you extended your hand across the table, all smiles, to welcome somebody aboard, you looked him in the eye, and you don't have to say it exactly this way, but basically, you look him in the eye and say, here's why I'm going to fire you. I'm going to fire you if you lose the McCormick account, if your customer satisfaction rating is below 90%, if you're over budget on your projects, if you're behind schedule on your projects. Now, I will grant you that that is not a warm and fuzzy and happy <laughs> conversation the way the rest of the hiring experience is. Mm -hmm. But no one leaves that discussion unclear as to expectations. And so if you take the time, and so many companies don't, so many business owners don't, take the time to say, why am I going to fire this person? Why is it not going to work out? What does it mean if I start walking in every day and I think, geez, I hate firing people, but I really have to let her go? Concentrate on what your gut is. Why would you feel that way? And actually, don't just daydream it. Write it down, type it out just to yourself. It doesn't have to be a formal presentation, but write the story. And then make sure that your employee knows this right when they come on board. Or if they're already on board, make sure it's a good exercise to do to, to make sure they're in the right seats in your organization. Would you hire them again, for example? If you had to fill this position, would you hire this person again? And if not, why not? What are you looking for? That's how you really start to put together a team. You start to look at not just, well, I want you to be um, an interpreter, so you have to be fluent in Spanish, and you have to show up every day and 
nine in the morning and you can't leave until five and don't have a long lunch hour. But you take a look, you tell the story of why I would fire you. And also, of course, what, what would it be that would cause me to look at you and say, thank God I hired John. John is just extraordinary. The best thing I did this year, this past five years, this past 10 years, is to hire John. So what would make me say that? What would make you a rock star? And if I write that out and I think about it and I go over and I massage that a little bit, and then the best part would be if I told you so that you know exactly what it would take to be a rock star. You also know why I would walk in and say, John, it's not a, it's not a fit. We're going to have to move on. That's what I mean by start at the end. I definitely can see how that would lay an awesome foundation relationship, that business relationship. And in building the culture of the business, definitely laying those expectations and that understanding. The people listening to this podcast, a lot of a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are internet marketers. They have online business and they do most of their business online, if not all of it. Do you have any specific advice, Elliot, uh, maybe when it comes to, because we've, we've talked about recruitment and business development, but let's turn it marketing and sales. And, and I know some of that's intertwined with what you just talked about then, but do you have any specific advice for online entrepreneurs? Yeah. I think online presents a special uh, challenge, and that is that it's very difficult to, well, let's back up. I think your ultimate goal is to establish a personal relationship, a relationship where people have some sort of emotional connection to you. They, they value your company. They, they think that you're looking out for their best interest. They think that you understand their problems and want to solve it. Whatever it is, that they have a bias toward you. And the example, a lot of people use Apple as an example, not, not just for internet, but you know, you're never going to meet, generally speaking, the executives from Apple. But you've got these people who are passionate about Apple for whatever reason. And so you could have, and you might have even seen uh, an argument or a debate between Android and Apple users. And Android might say, our camera is better and our specs are better and our battery life is better and all this stuff. And all of those objective facts do absolutely nothing to, to dedicated Apple users mm -hmm. because they love the yeah. brand. So internet marketers, they have to work to establish a personal connection. And part of that is understanding the difference between giving and taking. If you're taking, that means that you're always trying to, you want something from me. You want my email address. You want my, um, you want my money. You want me to like and share and and post on, you know, interact with you on social media. You um, you want me to do things for you, and you don't give as much thought to well, what are you doing for me? It's not that that just oh well, we're making a great product and we're giving you the opportunity to buy. That's not it. You first have to establish that, that trust. You first have to show me that you understand the problem that I would use you to solve. And without, without trying to sell me, without trying to harass me, just tell me that you understand my world and that you're working to, to do something with that. And then be patient. 
Um, and so many internet marketers are just, they just think that frequency is more. You know what, if we send out um, this blog and that blog and this blog and that newsletter and this request and that post and this survey and this, enough. You know, imagine a first date with somebody where you sit down for dinner and halfway through the conversation, you haven't said a word. And the next thing they say is, okay, John, let me tell you a little bit more about me. <laughs> well, that's what most internet marketers are like. Let me tell you a little bit more about me. If you wouldn't go out to a second date with that person. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to establish a lasting business relationship. I think the challenge for internet marketers is to start viewing people rather than numbers, to flesh out their customers by human attributes rather than just downloads and purchasing habits, and to figure out how without selling, they can become part of a solution by first showing that they can identify the problem. Yeah, it's. I've definitely noticed that in my own business. I've noticed the some of my most loyal customers, the comments they will make to me will be something like this. I remember a video you posted on YouTube like four years ago and it really helped me out. And it was, yeah, it's, it's when I was giving not expecting anything in return, just giving great content. Again, like you said, uh, identifying what's their greatest pain or desire. So I would do free training, short training on topics that I knew people were struggling with or really wanted help with. And yeah, they they, they remember it years later. I thank you so much, uh, Elliot, for these insights that you've shared with us. They're, they're very valuable for business owners those that are looking, whether they're starting their business or they're having a business that they're trying to gather more momentum for and have more success with. So again, extremely appreciate you spending this time with us, sharing these insights. Is there any final thoughts that you had for our listeners today, Elliot? I've been thinking a lot about this because people ask me all the time um, about, well, I really, I really want to go out and do this. I want to start this business, but I'm worried it won't succeed. And, and how do I know if the time is right? And, and the answer is that you don't know if the time is right. But there's a, um, there was a quote, and I, I think it was from um, Life of Pi. I don't know whether you know that movie or not, but um, it was a great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. And what it said was, that to choose doubt as a philosophy of life is to choose immobility as a vehicle of transportation. Mm. Clearly, it's not an effective strategy. I think that some doubt is healthy because it causes you to step back and, and question and, and maybe prepare more. But the, the problem is that the particular seduction of doubt, as Joseph uh, Goodstein once said, the particular seduction of doubt is that it presents itself as the voice of wisdom. If you become not just aware of doubt, but if you become a student of it, you're not going to move forward. I like to impress upon my clients and, and my listeners when I, when I speak to be wise enough to know the difference between preparation and stagnation. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Elliot's book, again, the, the name of it is Fire and Ready Management, and that is available right now on Amazon. 
you can go and grab it there. There's a link to it right below. If you're listening to this on my blog, there's a link right below here. Or if you go to Amazon.com, do a search for Fire and Ready Management by Elliot Wagenheim, you'll find that. And also, you can, um, if you want to find out more about Elliot and his law firm and uh, what he's up to, you can also go to his website. It's Wagenheim. Dot com. I'll spell that W-A-G-O-N-H-E-I-M.com. So again, a big thank you to you, Elliot, for taking the time to be with us today. And Thank you so much for having me, John. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Thank you, Elliot. And I want to thank everyone for being here today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. As a way of saying thank you for being a loyal listener, I've got a very special gift for you. You can get immediate access to my online business coaching program for free. These step-by-step videos will show you how to set up your website, create an automated sales funnel, and also how to drive targeted traffic to your business for literally pennies per click. It's ready for you to access right now. Simply head on over to johnslikes.com forward slash podcast. This is John Lagadaka signing off. I'll see you all next time.